This is Namina's Mental Health Mavens, where each week we bring you guests from the mental health, addictions, and holistic care community to talk about different issues and treatment modalities. Now, guests' opinions are their own, and some content may be triggering. At Nomina, we work with complex and treatment-resistant mental health and addictions, so we know the importance of making exceptional mental health accessible to everyone. With that, today's guest is Simon Rinney of the Mindful Men podcast, who's here to chat about challenging shame, stigma, and the male construct for better men's mental health. Let's welcome Simon. Well, welcome, Simon. I think this is going to be a very interesting conversation. Um, We talked a little bit off camera about how at Nomina that we believe very, very strongly in breaking down that male social construct. And the men need to talk about these things. And we're really trying to encourage that conversation. So why don't you start by giving a brief introduction to who you are and the work that you're doing? Yeah, thanks for having me on. It's really exciting to be here and, and share my story with with the world. It's something I'm really passionate about. So if you could probably tell I'm from Australia, I live in Queensland um, in a beautiful part called the Sunshine Coast, which is um, not the Gold Coast. Everyone's heard of the Gold Coast, but I live on the Sunshine Coast, which is less concrete and more beaches. I have a young family, so I've, I'm married. I've got two kids. I've got a two and a half and a five year and a half year old, and we've literally just walked back in the door from the school drop-off. So I'm looking forward to a day of quiet at home. And my story is one about, I guess, men's mental health. Um, I've lived with mental illness. So when I was eight, I developed obsessive compulsive disorder. And then through the years, I've had depression and anxiety. And even in 2020, um, I experienced burnout. So I had to take four months off of work to to recover from that. So I'm I'm well-versed in mental illness and what it means to live with it. But I'm also well versed in what it means to keep it bottled up. Um, a lot of guys bottle things up, and particularly mental illness. And I kept it quiet or quietish for about 20 years. I didn't really open up about it. And this year is the 10th year that um, since I went into the doctor and said for the first time that I think I have a mental health issue. Um, and from there, it's been a recovery process of psychology and counseling and. I've seen a mental health social worker, I've been on different medications, but also trying to just be mindful of who I am as a, as a person and as a, a bloke and a husband and a father. Um, and yeah, I'm also a social worker, so I've recently started a private practice that's dedicated to men, um, supporting them to open up and get vulnerable and start a, a process of healing for themselves. So yeah, that's who I am in a, in a, a little nutshell. Well, and I know from the men in my life, there's two words that you've said that makes them cringe, and that's mental illness and getting vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Brene Brown, for the vulnerability. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is a fabulous, fabulous video, though. <laughs> it is. It is. And that's what, you know, it's, she's, she says it perfectly. Um, you know, I guess I'm a bit biased. I'm a social worker as well. and and um, But we do need to get vulnerable. And we do need to challenge those traditional constructs of what it means to be a man and be manly and masculine. Um, and there's nothing wrong with tuning into what well, traditionally the feminine side of our of our being as well. So more that emotional and, and caregiving and 
and intuitive side as well. So there's nothing wrong with that. And that's what I hope to promote through my work. Mm. Yeah, that, and that's what I've been trying to teach my own son is that it's okay to have feelings and talk about your feelings. And that as a woman, um, we, do, we really do. That's what connects us with men is when they can, when they can share that. Yeah, definitely. And, and it's something that I hope to inspire in my son as well. I mean, he's only five and a half, so he's still trying to figure out the world through his eyes. But when he gets emotional or upset, I, I know what it's like to not have someone there to um, help him through that. So I'm really keen to get down on his level and try to work through that. But also it's challenging as a, as a guy because you, when you become a parent, you, you kind of take on some of the things that you were taught, you know, your parents did when you, you were a kid as well. So sometimes I find myself doing the things that I, I said I would never do as a parent, like yell at my son or, or daughter or, you know, smacking is a big taboo thing these days. But I remember I did smack once and I, I felt so terrible and I've never done it again. Um, so you, these things do come up, but it's not about hiding away from it. It's about reflecting on that and 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 being better the next day or the next time um, so that, yeah, when my son grows up, he knows that it's okay to, to be upset or, or, or not well, particularly in mental illness. It's okay for him to go and get help if he needs it. And, yeah, so I just hope to be a role model for him and my daughter as well so, so that they know that it's, yeah, it's just okay to, to get help if they need. Okay. And what are, what are the most common things that you see men bottling up and not talking about that they could be talking about? Oh, it's everything. Depression, anxiety, just, just how they're not traveling very well at all. And we've seen it since COVID. It's, it's become a bit of a pandemic in itself, a crisis. We, we, we look at, I often reflect on Australian data, you know, for suicide, for example. We we recently had Are You OK Day here last week, which is a day that celebrates mental health, but it also promotes conversations with each other about are we doing OK? And and they talk about there's, I think it's about eight Australian deaths every day to suicide and 75% of those are male. So it's obvious that the guys are struggling in certain areas, whether it's home, you know, family life, I'm part of a few Facebook groups where they might be going through a divorce or separation. So they've, they're separated from their kids, for example, and that's really troubling them. Uh, work, um, tradies, for example, the ch- people who are carpenters, plumbers and all that, their young tradies are 2.3 more times more likely to die from suicide than people who aren't in the trades or guys that aren't in the trades. So that kind of work, it's brutal on the body, but also on the mind as well. They're, they're long hours. Um, when we've had COVID, so people have lost their jobs, people have been locked down. We've had lots of lockdowns here in Australia. People haven't been able to to, to see their families because they're interstate or overseas. We've got rising inflation as well here in Australia, across the globe, and, and house prices, housing. We've got a housing crisis here, so house prices are through the roof, rents through the roof, people can't afford anything. People that have had stable jobs and 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 life situations for the whole life are suddenly finding themselves homeless uh, because maybe they're renting and the landlords decided to sell up the house and they can't afford to buy the house. So all these things, there's lots of different things that are that are causing, I guess, guys to feel distressed and so forth. But a big one, I think, is is that fear of opening up and bottling things up and 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 being perceived as weak if they do talk about things. And it, and for some, it gets to the stage where they just can't, they can't cope anymore. So they do, you know, do, <clears throat> they do do suicide. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah, and I feel bad that here I am a woman talking about how men should open up more. We really should have had Dan on here, Dan <laughs> Calco, our clinical director, who is a manly man, but yet a hardcore feminist and, and really, really encourages men. He runs men's groups uh, to mm-hmm. try and get men to talk about it. But what would be your number one piece of advice for a man who, because I'm just thinking of all the the guys that I know that are those rugged, tough types that that wouldn't even consider going to a men's group to open up. They cringe at that idea. <laughs> How do you get them to just just stop it? <laughs> well, well, men's groups aren't for everybody, you know. And and I've had this this same conversation in the last two weeks as well. Some guys just think men's group is 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 not for them. They don't need that type of thing. So they can find something else. There's other things that you can do. There's sports, there's hobbies, there's, you know, where we live on the coast here is there's lots of four-wheel driving groups and stuff like that. You can go do four-wheel driving or fishing, boating. There's so many different options. Um, It doesn't necessarily have to be a men's group where you go to a community home or jump on a Zoom call with 20 other blokes who, you know, are distanced from each other. But for some blokes, a men's group does work. It, It creates a sense of community. Um, you know, you think about like all the guys that work in mines, for example, they're, they're fly in, fly out. They rarely at home. They might be away for weeks on end. So a Zoom call with with other guys who are in a similar situation is a great idea. Um, and we live, a, I guess, a transient lifestyle. So I've lived in four different Australian states and territories. So I don't live where I grew up. I I've, I haven't been there since 2006. Um, so like I don't have a huge network of blokes in my local area. So Zoom is a great way for me to connect with people across Australia that, you know, that I've grown up with or or been friends with along the way as well. So I think a lot of it is just comes down to that. Where do you find a sense of connection? You know, is it through sport? Is it through a hobby? Is it through a men's group or whatever? And if you don't have any of that, and a lot of guys don't, a lot of guys fall into the trap of maybe they get married and then their friends just happen to be the other dads that come to the birthday party or the other, you know, the the brothers-in-laws or the uncles-in-laws or whatever it is. And that that's okay as well. But there are people out there that if you do need to talk about things, like a counsellor or whatever, it's okay to go and talk to them as well. Like, you know, we don't have to bottle things up. And, and I always remember I grew up in Adelaide, South Australia, and in a working-class area. Um, four boys in my household plus dad and I, so I've, I've, I really do feel sorry for mum there's a lot of testosterone going on in that household and I, I played football so I was Australian rules football so a very masculine household and, and we were taught at that young age you know that what it means to be a man is to be tough and, and bottle things up and you know on the footy field you, you're, you're getting hits all over the place and you need to get up and dust it off and, and go again and so I had this mentality that yeah I wasn't allowed to cry if I got hurt. You know, you wipe away the tear, you just keep going for it. And then I remember one day in primary school, so this is roughly around ten years old, that my one of my best mates was was crying in the in the schoolyard, and I went up to him and I said, "Mate, you've," I went into that automatic masculinity mode. I said, "Mate, you've got to stop crying. Boys don't cry. We're not allowed to do this." And he looked at me in the eye and said, "Simon, I can cry if I want to," and. That was a huge moment for me, and it's something that's that it implanted a seed in my mind. It said, "Well, hang on a second. Everything I've been taught on the footy field in my home with my four, my three brothers and my dad was boys aren't meant to cry. Boys are meant to be masculine and not show emotion." But my best mate saying that really 
shook my world and I thought, well, hang on a second. I started questioning these social constructions of what it means to be a man. And and that stuck with me ever since. And and so if guys can tune into this type of stuff that we go, hang on, how we were raised doesn't necessarily mean that that's how we have to be. And by opening up through a men's group or hobby or counselor or whatever, you can start to unpack some of this stuff that you've been holding on for 10, 20, 30, 40 years and 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 live a better life. You don't have to keep holding on to these grudges that are in our mind or resentment that's in our mind or grief or anything like that or pain, anger, all these types of things that often get bottled up for years and years and years. It's okay to talk about them and let them go and, and start, a, I guess, a mindful recovery to, to a better life. Yeah, there's a reason we call it the toxic male construct because it can be toxic. Definitely. And when you're talking about, you know, rates of suicide, I mean, domestic violence, family and domestic violence, there's uh, males are more likely to be perpetrators of family and domestic violence. Um, the data's out there and, and it's very real and very raw. And, and these things happen because we don't sort through our stuff. You know, we don't talk about stuff. We... We we embrace that toxic masculinity, the patriarchal you know position in the household or in society as well, and and think that men are more valuable than women, or the masculine side is more valuable than the feminine side. But if we can challenge all this stuff, you know, we can get better ourselves, but also set a great example for our kids for the next generation as well. My my husband, he he's okay when I mention him as long as it's in a good way. <laughs> <laughs> He made a commitment uh, a number of years back where he was going to be a nonviolent man, but he had that anger and that aggression and that, you know, he could snap at people. And so he made Mm. that commitment and really worked on it. And now he's the sweetest, most gentlest man that that I know. And I love him and respect him for it because, you know, he he opened up about it and, and decided that's not the way to live. I don't want to be like that anymore. I want yeah. to embrace my 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 gentle side. Yeah, it 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 is hard as it is hard for you know you're not going to wake up the next morning and be this perfect person at all. It's not going to happen. So it takes practice and it takes being mindful of who we are and and it, maybe it's a counseling. I say counseling, but it could be a coach. There's a lot of coaches out there, like life coaches, men's coaches, business coaches. Any, any sort of per- person who's just got a good head on their shoulders can can guide us along the way. And and I, I'm a, a part of a great Facebook group and community. Uh, it's for dads. Um, and the motto really that gets thrown around in that is just be 1% better than you were yesterday. So you could have a really bad day today and that's okay. But if you just do 1% better tomorrow and then 1% better the next day, it has this compounding in, you know, effect where, over time, we we grow and grow and grow and grow, and we don't have to to put ourselves in courses, or we don't have to go away on these uh, hiatuses and find our inner inner monk or whatever. You just do something small every day to get better, and and you will have bad days. Everyone has bad days. It's okay to have bad days. Just you know, pick yourself up and and just do one percent better the next day. Whether it's maybe you got angry at your kids one day and you hated yourself for it, it's okay. You're not, you know, parenting, there's, there's this mantra in parenting. It's around good enough parenting. You don't have to be the perfect parent. You just have to be a good enough parent, a parent that can show our kids that we can be vulnerable or that we can mess up, but that we're also committed to rectifying our issue, you know, our behavior or apologizing if we need to and being 1% better the next day. And I think a lot of guys particularly think we need to be perfect, think we need to be 
unstoppable as dads or, or anything like that, but we don't. We, we're just human and we just got to tune into that. Okay, so we've talked about anger. What about shame and shame, yes. shame as opposed to the anger? Yeah. Well, I think that the shame comes from we've internal shame comes from that in, we've internalized the external. So we've we've internalized the external stigma associated with what it means to be someone who's not that traditional masculine, toxic masculine person. So, you know, for, for a lot of guys, it might be someone like myself who's who's in tune with their emotions and and feelings and so forth. But there is a lot of stigma out there that, you know, based on that traditional masculinity that that's that's feminine or maybe that's gay or or, or whatever you we get thrown these these things and like well not necessarily it's just who I am like I'm just someone who's who's equal parts male or masculine feminine and that's okay so the shame comes from internalizing all this stigma and we start questioning what's wrong with me you know if society is saying to me that I'm not fitting into that box of what a man should be we start questioning ourselves and, and we, we get distressed, depressed as well. We feel sad and confused because we feel the shame. We start to feel guilt about the, the way our brains work and the way our bodies work and the way our emotions work as well. And then we bottle it up. So I, I always say it's like wearing two masks as well. So on the external, we might have this masculine um, persona, but on the internal, we're really hurting and and we really need to talk about things. And and for some of us, we do, you know, it, it comes easy. It was hard for me to talk 10 years ago, but I find it really easy to talk now. I'd, I'd straight to the doctor if I need to, but other guys really struggle with it. And and the shame is, is, is stuff that fuels the suicide rates or it fuels the family and domestic violence because we just don't know how to release it. We don't know how to get, get through it or work through it or process it unless we talk about it. And this is where counsellors, coaches, psychologists, psychiatrists, doctors, your best friend who might just be really good at listening and stuff like that, um, these types of supports can help us break down that shame and say that it, it's okay to be not okay. It's okay to, to tune into our feminine side. Um, we don't have to be this masculinity that was developed in the 50s, 60s, 40s, hundreds of years ago. You know, we can move forward in 2022 we can be masculine and feminine and still be a man. And I think having a, a female friend as well, because I keep telling my husband doesn't have any female friends that because we're easy to talk to, right? We're very open about our emotions. And uh, and I know that I have um, my one of my best friends is a man and I go to him when I need that male perspective. Um, yeah, it's definitely it's definitely needed like, you know, you can get that through a partner. Um, it's interesting being a dad of a daughter now. So, like, I never had a sister growing up. So, trying to be a dad and live live a life that sees a feminine perspective from a child as well is really interesting. But you know, that's also a great way to soften up as well. Um, colleagues around, you know, your colleagues in the office. Like, I've had a I had a public service career for fifteen years, so I was always surrounded by probably seventy five percent females in that industry. So there's a lot of more females than males in in that industry. So yeah, going for coffee or going for lunch with them, just the banter around the office. And if you can't get that, you know, who are the females in your life? Do you see a female GP or maybe you need to see a coach or a counselor that's a female? I always like I I've always gone to see females 
in in counseling and all that type of stuff just because i feel it's easier to talk to females about what's going on but recently i found a couple of good guys to talk to and and i didn't feel like i was i didn't feel like that shame was help holding me back i was just able to release it and so forth but you're right you know different perspectives also help us you know the feminine perspective also helps us see the world in a different way as well you know we might not see the feminine side of us without the help of a female counselor friend family member whoever and it's important to see the the world through different lenses because then we can really start to question all those things about masculinity um also you know breaking down between barriers between culture as well if you can find someone from a different culture and get a different cultural perspective maybe it's an indigenous perspective as well if you're aboriginal and torres strait islander here um for example it's or you know eastern cultures are very different to western cultures you know the world is a big place and we often get um you know stuck in our own little boxes of the world where we think that there's only one way of seeing the world but you know there's different podcasts out there that gives us different you know inspiration about ways of seeing and and, and so forth and inspiration and and yes yeah, it's, it's about exploring all those different options um putting ourselves out out there and i think this is where that vulnerability comes in as well it's about stepping into the unknown you know it could be stepping into a new counseling arrangement with a female if we've never spoken to a female before or asking a question having a chat with a female a friend or a family member about mental health and exploring that or parenting parenting's a great a great way in for guys because you can ask a mum about parenting and kind of dance around all the struggles about parenting without saying I'm a dad that's struggling with parenting. You know, you could just you're just a parent talking about parenting, if that makes any sense. So so it is important to yeah, to get that balanced perspective and and get vulnerable. It's it's great. It's great to see the world in different different lenses. It's amazing. So I am part of the recovery world. So I see a lot of men come in with all this bravado and, and then <laughs> they find their, this through spirituality and through community. And I see them softening and then speaking the language of the heart with each other. And it's just, it's amazing to see the transformation in men when they let go of that ego and oh, just yeah. speak from their heart, man to man, it's it's beautiful to see. Yeah. And once that tap turns on, it's sometimes it can be hard to turn it off, you know. <laughs> yeah. And 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 they keep going and going and going. And and I see this in the work that I do in my counselling business as well. Like a lot of the guys that I speak with, I do I practice from acceptance and commitment therapy. Mm-hmm. And this is where the mindful out of mindfulness or mindful men comes is mindfulness based practice about being mindful of ways that we can ground ourselves in the moment um and get through things like anxiety or whatever but also be mindful of who we are as people and and a lot of the work I do is around values as well and helping guys tune into values and what makes them tick what makes them get out of bed what makes them feel good and a lot of guys forget all this stuff they don't don't really tune into it so um yeah if you can get into that space as well that tap turns on and it doesn't turn off and it's empowering it's great to see the transformation in the guys was there anything else that we haven't touched on that you feel is important to really get out there? I think it's just it's just noting that it's okay to be not okay. Like there's no shame or or anything like that. We all have our personal struggles, whether it's mental health, physical health, finances, relationships, family. Like 
we don't have to to bottle it up and figure it out for ourselves. I mean, I did that for 20 years. I tried to figure it out myself and I ended up, you know, drinking too much, trying to numb the pain. I was self-medicating with 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 beer just to slow down the brain and, and that just doesn't work. You know, other guys do drugs, suicide. We've talked about suicide as well and, and family domestic violence. But if we get the help, and it's the hardest thing to do the first time that I did it was to say, I think I have mental health issues. It was the hardest thing to say. But it gets easier every time you do it. You know, now these days, like if I'm feeling down or feeling upset or whatever, I, I'm i happy to go down to the doctor and say, something's not right, maybe check my meds. Do we need to change my medication? Do I need a new counsellor? Do I need to do anything like that? Do I just need to get out? You know, what's my diet? If you're looking at your diet, are you eating right? Are you drinking too much? Are you doing enough exercise? All these things are very simple things we can do. And I think if we can get in our heads that it's okay to be not okay, we can start to normalise discussions around mental health or mental wellness in the same way that we do physical health. So for all the guys out there who love sport, how many times have you been at the pub and laughed about the the pulled hamstring or the the sore arm that you got because you crunched into a tackle or, or whatever or the broken ribs you got and you laugh it off and you think it's all very funny? So why don't you do that with your mental health? You know, you don't have to mental health doesn't have to be a serious conversation. You can joke about it and and just express it. Just start talking about it. Find ways to talk about it and normalize it because once you do that. You can, you can, you know, just go to the doctor and get some new medications or just go to a counsellor and work through it. Like these people are trained in it. I'm trained in it. I'm, you know, I, I bring both my lived experience of mental illness plus my, I've got a master's of social work and now I've got my private practice. So I'm trained in both the academic and the lived walking it in the shoes, you know, find people like that. And when you, if you do decide to do counselling or psychology or whatever it is or coaching, Ask the person, like interview the person that you're about to do this service with. You know, do you have experience in family and domestic violence or do you have experience in parenting issues? Do you have experience in depression or PTSD or or schizophrenia or obsessive compulsive disorder? Like, And, and really interview your counsellor because often you find that a counsellor, you book in and they're just not the right fit. They don't know what you're talking about or they don't understand you or you just don't gel with them like the maybe they just the, the personalities just clash it's okay that happens it's happened to me it's happened to me countless times so I've learned to interview them before I even go in there and then after a few sessions if I'm not feeling the vibe I just find another one and that's okay and good counselors or coaches or therapists will help you find another person as well um, so yeah essentially be okay with not being okay normalize mental health discussions and then, yeah, just one percent better every day. If you can do that in your in your day to day life, you're on a, you're on track to a, a great recovery from mental illness or challenging that masculinity that you've always wanted to do, but you've kind of been stuck in that box. So pry that pry that lid open and jump out. <laughs> that is great advice. I have I have several men in my life that I think I'm going to sit down and make watch this. <laughs> because <laughs> that's great well and that's the thing if i can help one guy open up then i've i've done my job you know it is hard to hard to break through sometimes but sometimes it just takes a bit of persistence and and i always love that tony robbins quote i think it's change happens when the pain of staying the same is greater than the pain of change and for a lot for me it took 20 years to to get to that point where the, the pain of staying silent 
was just too much and I couldn't do it anymore. So if guys can get that in their head and go, okay, yeah, like what I've been doing for the last 10 years, drinking too much or eating crap or not exercising or getting angry all the time, that's creating more pain in my life than it would be to go and talk to someone. Wow. Well, thank you so much, Simon. This was excellent. Thank you. I've had a a great time. Hopefully it made sense to everybody out there. Once I start, I'm just like... (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I think it's great because more men need to... Yeah, I think so. I think so. (laughs) 